Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here at Ignite uh, Depot, a.k.a. The Depot, where our goal each and every time is to represent God and ignite a life, purpose, and identity within a generation to ignite change. I'm so glad you're here this evening. I believe that we have a right now word, a right now word, a word in due season that will ultimately change your life forever. I declare the word of God is not the, it's in the heart and in the mouth that is the word of faith which we preach. We're going to preach the word of God tonight. We're going to preach the word of faith. We're going to declare the kingdom of God is at hand. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And I declare in Jesus' name, if you extend and have ears to hear and hearts ready to receive, you will receive a right now word that will ultimately change your life forever. It's a life-changing word in Jesus' name. Let me make this declaration. We're going to go ahead and jump in. And according to Isaiah 61 and 1, it says this, But the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. And to appoint unto them that he should comfort all who mourn. We pray that the night this word will comfort all those who mourn in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Comforting all who mourn in Jesus' name. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, to all of joy, for the garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness. Uh, this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. And they shall build the old waste and they shall raise the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, to you alone, we give the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. Father, we declare that this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad in it. Father, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father God, I decrease that you may increase. All of you are none of me. Father God, hallelujah, I covenant with you for miracles, signs, and wonders. Father, miracle signs and wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit tonight. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise in advance. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, earlier today, God was talking about he wants to heal our land. In accordance to 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and 14, he says, I want to heal their land. And when he's talking about land, he's not just talking about in your city or in your state or in your province or in your nation. He's talking about in your home, in your workplace, in your schools, on your job, in your church. He's I want to heal their land. That's why it even says in, in Matthew chapter six, it says in verse nine, it says, and pray at these manners, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth or in this land as it is in heaven. So we're going to pray that tonight in the name of Jesus. And we're going to believe that God heals your land in Jesus name. Now, Father, right now in accordance to Second Chronicles 7, 14, Father God, your word says, and if your people, Father God, who are calling out to your name will humble themselves and pray, uh, supplicate and intercede and search and search search out your face, Father God, and turn to turn back from their wicked ways or their bad or evil ways, Father God, or their courses of life, Father God, then you will hear and listen from heaven. You will forgive and pardon our sins, and you will heal and mend and make whole our land, Father God, not only in our cities, not only in our communities, not only in our provinces, Father God, not only in our nations, Father God, but on our jobs, Father God, in the schools, in our schools, in our universities, in our colleges, Father God, in the name of Jesus, in our homes, Father, in our 
our churches in the name of Jesus. Father God, we declare in Jesus' name your shalom, shalom, peace, where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking. We declare, Father God, that your will is being done in earth as it is in heaven. Your will is being done. Your kingdom nature and culture and lifestyle is being made manifest in our homes, in our schools, on our jobs, in our grocery stores, in our cities, in our provinces, in our nations, Father God, in our governments right now. In the name of Jesus, we declare that your will is being done. We declare that every need is met with an abundance beside. We declare that people are healed from the crown of their heads to the very soles of their feet. And we declare that families are coming back together. We declare relational unity, Father God, a unity of the faith within the body of Christ right now. Every schism, division, and strife is removed right now in the name of jesus father god you say in your word that you give your beloved sweet sleep therefore we declare the people receive sweet sleep father god tonight and when they lay down they will not be afraid yes they shall lie down and their sleep shall be sweet for father you shall watch over us and keep us from all hurt harm and danger in the name of jesus and we thank you for it father god in the name of Jesus. We declare, Father God, for now you have chosen and you have consecrated our house and consecrated our land. And Father God, for your that your name may be there forever and your eyes and your hearts will be open there perpetually in the name of Jesus. We call it done right now. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and glory be to God. Say, I'll take that. I'll receive that. I call my land healed. I call my home restored. I call my school safe. I call my government restored back to the way it was before all of the other things entered in. I declare that my body is healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I declare that our every need is met. Every I, We're out of debt. Our needs are met. We have so much more to put in store all according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, so be it, and glory to God. Well, hallelujah, anyhow, glory to God. Man, we're going to jump right into the word. If I was to give this message a title, the message, the title of this message would, would be, You're Welcome Here. You're Welcome Here. Word of the Lord came to me, and this is what he said. He says, God does nothing in the earth without man. And man can do nothing in the earth without God. Establishing the kingdom of God in the earth starts by getting the kingdom of God into the hearts of man so that God has rulership on the earth through man. For the kingdom of God is within you now if you're born again. And you can't even see or comprehend the kingdom of God without being born again first. That's why this is that's why it says in John chapter three, it says, except a man be born again, you can't even understand. You can't even comprehend. You can't even see. It makes absolutely no sense to you at all. God's nature, God's culture, God's lifestyle, or a better way to say it, God's system of doing things. God has a way that he does things. And he says, in order for you to understand it, you have to believe on his son, Jesus Christ. And how do you believe on his son, Jesus Christ? God always answers the question. He says, in according to John chapter three, verse 16, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him, his son's name is Jesus, whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life, or a better way to say, Zoe, or the God kind of eternal life, or a better way to say that is, you will have life, as God has it in heaven. Your life in earth will should be like it is in heaven. Your eternity begins the moment you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. In fact, in accordance to John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this, it says, the thief comes not, but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life. How does he want you to have life? In abundance, to the full, until it overflows. In other words, I want you to have the God kind of life and the God kind of life is in abundance to the full until it overflows. Another way to say that is Jesus came to restore back to the earth 
the body, whoever shall ever believe in him, restore them back to the same way it was with Adam when he was in the Garden of Eden. What did Adam have? Adam operated according to the kingdom of God. Adam did not lack for any good thing. Adam was healed from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, and Adam acted just like God. God, Adam would say it, and then God, Adam would see it. God would say it, and then Adam would see it. Adam would say it, and then Adam would see it. That's the same way it's supposed to be now for us. When we operate according to the kingdom of God, we speak forth God's word. God God gives us the word to speak forth, and then he hastens or watches over that word to perform it. Jesus said it in John chapter 14. He says, he said this, he says, I speak the words, but God does the works. Did y'all hear that? Jesus said, he speaks the word, but God does the work. But how many people know Jesus just didn't say just anything? He says, I only say what I hear my father say, and I only do what I see my father do. So what does that mean you have to have in order to live the God kind of life? Even after you come into the kingdom of God, you have to have a prayer life. Why do you have to have a prayer life? Because you have never operated according to the kingdom of God before. You've never operated according to God's way of doing things. You've never operated according to his system, so you have to learn how to operate according to the kingdom of God, which also means you have to renew your mind by the word of God. But how many people know God will not force his way into your life? He will only come in if you allow him to come in. See, God won't force his way, and the devil can't force his way in unless you yield to him unless you yield so we release this in your life right now that jesus came that you might have life not just life but life in abundance to the full till it overflows another way to say it that you might have the god kind of eternal life that this is you know what if you have jesus in your life this is as close to hell you will ever get but if you don't have jesus in your life this is as close to heaven as you will ever get Glory to God. But you know what? He made a developer to whosoever, whosoever will. That's why in the very beginning it says, I want you to start a broadcast oh, with this. The word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved or you shall be born again. What happens once you become born again? You are now transitioned into the kingdom of God. So when you're listening to this message going forward, because you are now already in the kingdom of God, when we begin to talk about the kingdom of God and kingdom of God way of doing things, you will have a better comprehension of it. Why? Because now they won't, it won't just sound like a bunch of stories or parables to you. Are you listening to me? Man, God is so setting this up. How do you get born again? He says, if you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart. What did he goes on to say? He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto healing, deliverance, wholeness, sanctification, and born again. Transitioning. When you pray, from you confess with your mouth and mean it from your heart, you are transitioning from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the dear son or into the kingdom of God in accordance to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. You are being transitioned from one kingdom into the other because that's what happened to Adam and Eve. In, the garden, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, when it says that and when they partook of the fruit, immediately their eyes were open. What happened? Their eyes was open to the kingdom of darkness or, or, or everything around them. What, what also happened is they transitioned from the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness and they took on a whole new nature and they began living by their five physical senses glory to god they went from a spirit man to a soul man and you know when people you used to hear that i'm a soul man you're not a soul man you a spirit man you are a spirit and according to first thessalonians chapter 5 23 you are a spirit you live in a physical body. Why do you have to live in a physical body? Because in order for you to have authority in the earth, 
you have no authority. A spirit doesn't have authority on the earth without having a physical body. And you possess a soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your filler, your chooser, and your thinker. Why do you think the adversary is always trying to get some, uh, get somebody to yield to him? Even the adversary had to have the serpent yield his body to him in order for him to have authority or he ha could have expression in the earth. Without a body, he had no expression in the earth. Do y'all see how, how this is working? I mean, it's so simple. A child can do it. Remember, Jesus came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, why did we call this you're welcome here. I'm so glad you asked because over the last few weeks, we talked about the church at Thyatira. We was talking about them and how they had allowed or they tolerated that 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 woman Jezebel. And, it, and Jezebel, like we talked about a few weeks ago, Jezebel is, in this case, they were talking about a, a woman's name, but Jezebel is a the spirit of, behind Jezebel is a controlling spirit. And just, that can be on a male or a female. It, it's not, it, it's all, for that spirit, it's all about control. And even, even with all that was going on in that church, Jesus still gave them an opportunity to repent, which means to change their thoughts, change their actions, and change their destiny. No matter how bad they were, he also gave them an opportunity to repent. Then the week after that, we talked about the church of Ephesus, how they how they had such great works. And I mean, even the uh, church of Thyatira had great works and all, but he says, but this one thing I have against you. And, and, and if you just make this one adjustment, then, you know, all these other things will follow behind that. And he said the same thing with the church of Ephesus. Man, you've got all these great things, but this one thing I got against you, you have abandoned or you have left your first love who was your first love you remember when you first when you first got saved or when you first got born again man and your new nature took on the inside of you and you were so full with joy and happiness and you wanted to tell everybody about this good thing that just happened to you you had man you couldn't tell yeah you couldn't tell enough people oh let me tell you about my jesus oh let me tell you about my jesus let me tell you what he did for me and but then over time, what would happen is you began to get more knowledge, you got more information, and then you became begin to get lax. It's kind of like a like husbands and wives when they first get married. Oh, you're so cute, you're so cute too. And and then after as time goes on, if they don't keep keep stoking the fire, then what ends up happening is their flame begins to flicker a little bit. But you know what? What what happens is, but how many people know if you begin to stoke that fire again. If you begin to charge it up again, man, it can be even hotter on fire at the second time than it was in the beginning. And that's the same thing Jesus was saying to the church of Ephesus. But this week, he says, man, I want you to talk to them about your welcome here. In other words, what you're saying is, Lord, you are welcome here. You're welcome in my life. You're welcome in my marriage. You're welcome in our finance. You're welcome in our church. You're welcome on my job. You're welcome in my community. You're welcome in my neighborhood. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. He's telling me, he said, man, tell the people about the signs of the time. And according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, with all these things going on, he says, share this with my people. He says, and according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, but realize this, that in the last days, and we're in the last days, difficult times will come. So everything that's going on now is no surprise to God. I just want to put that out there. There's no surprise to God, but God always has an answer. He had the solution before you ever realized you had a problem. It goes on to say, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, uh, uh, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Didn't say they weren't lovers of God, but it says they will love pleasure more than they love God. In fact, it says they hold on to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power. It says they, they have a form of godliness. I mean, they, 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 well, I call it, they, 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 they could be a little churchy or, 
are religious, but they deny the very power. What did he say to do when you have people like that? He says, avoid such men as these, avoid such people as this. If you know that, you know, it ain't nothing like the real thing. I mean, you know, you either, you know, with God, it's either you all in or you all out. I mean, it, there's no, there's no gray with him because when he gave his only begotten son he didn't give you part of jesus he gave you all of jesus when he gave you his love he gave you all of his love when he gave you his heart he took all of it. he says to love him with all of your heart with all of your might with all of your soul and with all of your strength and to love your neighbor as you love yourself now in this church we're going to be talking about tonight we're going to be talking about the the the, the lukewarm church the the church of Laodicea. Now, it's lukewarm, but you know, when we get into it, you're going to find out what that word lukewarm really means. And it may not mean what it is you think it does. So let's read it. And I'm reading out of the Amplified and it reads as follows. It says, and to the angel or the pastor or messenger, the angel of the assembly or church in Laodicea, write these are the words of the Amen, the trusty and faithful and true witness the origin and beginning and author of god's creation this is what jesus is saying to the pastor of this church i know you i know or i personally have witnessed your record of works or your deeds or activities jesus i personally know i mean i I have it written down i know exactly what it is that you guys do and he says and and what you are doing you are neither hot or cold he says i would i really wish you would but i'm not really sure you're going to be able to do it but i really wish that you were cold now let's talk about that when he's talking about cold he's talking about freezing meaning that hey there was there was uh, a town that was a little far away and they had freezing cold water and what they did they had built some troughs and they said hey if we get some freezing cold water and it comes down into Laodicea what will happen is it will bring in refreshing water so he's saying here he says I wish you were refreshing he says but on the other side they have had another city that was a little further away but they had the hot springs almost like uh like june was talking about how in iceland they had the hot springs in iceland where when you got in there it was so it was warm and it and it will bring it can bring about healing and he says hey when we were these these hot waters and they come into laodicea through the through our pipelines and everything then we will have the hot water that can also bring about healing. So you have the freezing cold, which was supposed to bring, be refreshing coming in, and you had the hot water that was supposed to be bringing in healing. So if you put them together, you, you, you know, you're not refreshing and you're not healing. He says, so I wish you were either the refreshing or I wish you were the healing. He says, but you're you're not either one of those. He says, so because you are lukewarm, that word lukewarm is talk about because you are indifferent. At one point in time, you was refreshing. At one point, another time, you might have been healing. He says, but right now you're at the point you are just indifferent. You're not hot. You're not refreshing. You're not healing. You're just indifferent. And he says, oh, glory to God. He says, and because you are not refreshing anymore, because you are not healing, bring, you know, a source of healing anymore, he says, I will spew or vomit you out of my mouth. It did not say he would vomit them out of the kingdom. It says, in other words, you are no longer effective. You used to be refreshing. You used to be healing. You bring about him. But now you are just indifferent. And I ask the question, how did they become indifferent? Well, he go, it goes on. If you keep reading, it answers the question. For you say, I am rich. Oh, because they became rich. He says, and I have prospered and I have grown wealthy and I am in need of nothing. 
So he says, I, because I have, now I have riches and now I have prospered and now I have no need of nothing. I don't need to be refreshing anymore. I don't need to do the things that I used to do to be a source of healing anymore. So I'm just at the point of indifference. But Jesus said to them, but you don't even realize, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Are y'all seeing this? He says, you don't not even realize and understand that you are wretched and pitiable and poor and blind and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire, that you may be truly wealthy and white clothes. So he's, he's saying, what I'm telling you is, you think you're rich and wealthy right now, but I'm telling you, you want to buy from me. You want to buy, purchase from me gold refined and tested with fire that you may be truly wealthy and white clothes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nudity from being seen and solve to put on your eyes that you may see. So I'm telling you, you want to be able to put sob on your eyes so that you may be able to see you want to put on righteousness that you may be clothed uh, 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 so that your nudity won't be shown in them so what is jesus trying to do he is not only pointing out to them what you know hey you had all these good works but this is the thing i have against you but let me show you what you need to do in order to get back into right position with me he says i tell you this and he said the reason i'm telling you he says because those whom i dearly and tenderly love i tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten so who what is jesus saying those whom i dearly and tenderly love that's the same thing that you know as 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 a leader as a fivefold we our hearts are to be where we so care about the people we so love the people we so tenderly love them and dearly love them that we will show them their their faults or their or convict them or convince them and reprove and chasten them and discipline and instruct them it never said to condemn them. It never said to judge them. It never said to make them feel guilty. You don't, all you have to do is share with them, speak the truth in love. So Jesus said, hey, I'm telling you all these things. I'm telling you what you need to do about it. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent. What did he tell him? Man, I, I, I told you what you needed to do. I showed you. I didn't just tell you what the situation is, but I showed you the things that you need to do in order to turn it around. And why did he tell him he wanted to turn around? Because I want you to be refreshing again. I want you to, to bring up, you know, be bring about a source of healing for the people again when they come into, into your city and they come into your church. When they come into contact with you as a believer, because the church is made up of believers. He says, he says this, he says, burn it with zeal and repent, change your mind and change your attitude. Jesus is saying to them, behold, I stand at the door and knock. So in this particular church, Jesus wasn't even in the church. Jesus was on the outside of the church and he's standing on the outside. And he's knocking because he wants to come in. And guess what? He's standing with, talking to some of us tonight. Some of the people who will hear this broadcast, who will see it, uh, who will hear it on podcasts or watch it on YouTube. He's sitting there knocking at the door of your heart. He says, am I welcome here? Am I welcome here? And what are we saying to him? Lord, you're welcome here. He says, he says, I'm knocking at the door. And he says, and if anyone hears and listens and heeds my voice and opens the door, he can't just walk in. Just like we talked about 2 Chronicles 7, 14. God could not just do it. He needed someone to petition him in order for him to bring it about. You ask, why would God, who's sovereign, need to be able have to have someone ask him? Because when God gave the earth to Adam, he gave Adam authority and dominion over the earth. And even though he created it, he could not just come in and do whatever he wanted to do. That would make him unrighteous. That would make him an unjust judge. And God is not an unjust judge. He is just. 
and he is righteous and he will not violate his word. No, not one time. He won't violate his word. So a man, he can do nothing in the earth unless someone petitions the high courts of heaven and or and asks him and gives him authorization to intervene. He says, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone hears and listens and heeds to my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will eat with him and he will eat with me and he who overcomes is victorious and I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne he who was able to hear let him hear let him listen and and heed what the holy spirit says to the so Jesus is making this plea to the church of Laodicea. Man, at one point, man, I know your works. I know your deeds and, and, and all that was great. And, it, and he says, and, you know, but you, you know, you're now you're neither refreshing and now are you no longer a source of healing? He says, but you have become indifferent because you say you're rich and you're wealthy and you have ne no need of anything. He said, but you don't even realize, even though you have all those earthly tangible things he says you're blind and, and, and you're naked he says but buy from me gold and, 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 and get a white cloth to cover yourself and put out buy get eyes solve and wipe on your eyes so that you may see and he, so jesus is telling me everything you need to do he says but it but right now even though I'm telling you all these things, I'm telling you to repent I'm telling you to change your mind I'm telling you to turn but I'm still knocking I'm still knocking on the outside, and if you have ears to hear, then you will open up the door and make the decision to let me come in. Now, indifference again means you're neutral. You're not inclined to one side. You're not inclined to healing. You're not inclined to being a healing. You're not inclined to being refreshing. You're, you're not inclined on, on, on one side, one party, or one thing more than you are the other. In other words, you are indifferent. You know, whatever will be. Sometimes, we, you know, it is what it is. No, it's not. It is what it is. Man, that might be the situation right now, but you have authority. God's given you authority in the earth as a citizen of the kingdom of God, to be able to call those things to be not as though they were, to be able to speak unto that mountain, tell that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it must obey your voice. I also asked him, Lord, why is it you saying, though he kept saying to, to each church, those who have ears, let them hear. He says, because the people have become, and he says this, people have become dull of hearing or they are no longer open to hearing and i asked him how what does that look like and he says this he says in isaiah chapter 6 isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says this he says and then the lord i heard the voice of the lord saying this is the lord saying to isaiah whom shall who shall i send and who will go for us then isaiah said here am i send me then the lord said Go and tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive. Their ear, and he's telling them, their ears are dull and their eyes are dim. Otherwise, now he's telling them why they can hear and not be able to hear and see and not be able to see. And their heart has become insensitive because they're ears are dull or their ears are they're no longer willing they're no longer willing to hear therefore when they hear they, they don't hear they're no longer willing to see so that when they see their eyes are dim because otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed he says the same thing in luke chapter 8 verse Number nine, Jesus is talking to him. This is talking about the in this uh, uh, the parable of the sower sowing the seed. This is what he says, and I'm reading out of the Amplified. He says, and when the, his disciples asked him the meaning of this parable, he said this. He says, to you it has been given to 
come progressively to know to, and to recognize and understand more strongly and clearly what the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Now, how was they able to receive or have some level of understanding about the kingdom of God? Because they believed on the name of Jesus Christ. Remember John chapter 3, if you confess, he says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He says, once you become born again, you will be able, you begin to be able to comprehend what the kingdom of God. So Jesus is teaching them about the kingdom of God. He says, but others, who are the others? Others are they, they are in parables so that though looking, they may not see and hearing, they may not comprehend. Now, who was deciding factor on whether or not they heard or whether or not they saw or whether or not they comprehended? Was it up to Jesus or was it up to the people? So many people say, well, God, just I just don't understand. And God says, it's not because I, it's understanding and, and knowledge and uh, comprehensive insight and wisdom is not available to you. He says, but when you ask, you got to ask. First of all, you got to be born again. Second of all, when you when you say you believe on the name of Jesus Christ, then you got to renew your mind by the word of God so you can begin to understand how God's system of of uh, kingdom of God's way of doing things actually works. Another thing that causes people to be dull of hearing or not willing, not have a willingness to hear or really want to see or a willingness to, uh, for their heart to be open or they become dull is because they have their hearts so cluttered with all kind of other information. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. It says that the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your, into your being. So the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. So if your heart is not clouded and revelation light is come is entering in, it says, then that light will begin to flood in. That revelation light begins to flood in. But if your eyes, what eyes? The eyes of your spirit are focused on money or any other thing, any other information, any other news, any other position, any other thing other than the word of God. It says, it says, the light cannot penetrate and the darkness or whatever else is in its place takes its place. How profound will the darkness or the other information within you be if the light of truth, a revelation light to the truth cannot enter in? So sometimes the reason why people are having such a hard time understanding and comprehending and, and and become indifferent to the things of God is because they don't give their they don't have a willingness to hear, they don't have a really want to see, they don't really want to comprehend. They allow other things. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number five, how you how you allow uh, arguments, theory, is and reasonings to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God, and to the point where the word, of, the knowledge of other things is here, and the word of God comes in here. So even when you hear things, it's called a stronghold. Even when you hear things from the word of God, if that does not line up with what it is you already believe, it, eh, I'm not receiving it. Eh, I'm not trying to hear it. Eh, I don't want to hear all that mess, even though it's made available to you. Now, let me tell you this, being dull of hearing indicates, get ready, when a person is being dull of hearing, what it really indicates in accordance to Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 5, 11, that a laziness. Why is a person's hearing become dull? Because they have become lazy. Now, before you start throwing rocks, listen to it all. Now, the Greek, that's the Greek word for dull, there is laziness which suggests the idea of sluggishness and indolence now one who is dull of hearing is not necessarily lazy in every area of their life so that person may not be lazy in every area of their life 
one may be very hard working at his job or at home, but is still dull of hearing as the Hebrew writer describes. Now, this laziness, now let me tell you what this laziness is, is all about. The laziness when we're talking about Hebrews chapter 5 and 11. When he's talking about being lazy here, he's talking about the laziness is about learning the word of God. Remember, we just talked about the when the eyes of your spirit, when, when you have light that enters in and, you, and your heart is unclouded, it that light, that revelation light just floods in. So when you're hearing the word of truth that's coming, it, that revelation just begins to flood and illuminate on the inside of you. Are you with me so far? So if this laziness is about learning the word of God. Now, learning the word of God requires diligence on our part. Paul actually told Timothy this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. So it all comes down to what do you do or how diligent are you about getting the word of truth or getting access, getting access to revelation light they're getting that light on the inside of you like some people they spend all day watching youtube videos are they listening to this podcast or that podcast and that's good it has its place but none of that outweighs hearing and reading the word of god for yourself it gives you a whole different definition like we tell our our uh, congregant hey after you write down all these addresses, then go back home and study them and put together a plan how you're going to apply this word to your life. If you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. If you have failed to plan how you're going to put this word to, to in, in action in your life, you are setting yourself up for failure. Now, we can learn how to accurately handle the Bible by coming to a proper understanding of it if we are willing to put in the effort of studying the scriptures. Many people in the world are hard working on their jobs, but lazy when it comes to the Bible. If we are not careful, we will become the exact same way. I mean, you have to, I mean, getting up in the morning, spending time with God, you know, uh, listening to the word of God, meditating on the word of God. And like it says in, in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, this book of the law should not depart in your house, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. It says in Psalms uh, one, verse one says, blessed is the man that walk uh, standing not in the sinner nor sitteth among sinners, nor seats in the, uh, seat in the council. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. Day and night. Let me go back over there because I want to make sure I, I, I um, give it to you accurately. And I, I apologize. I should have just flipped to it. It says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, this is Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in his season, and his leaves do not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. So when you give the word of God first, place in your life guess what happens then you don't become indifferent then you're you're not dull of hearing then you are open and ready to receive then are you refreshing and then are you bringing forth healing and then what are you doing you're being a blessing to all those in your city in your home in your job in your school in your neighborhood in your province and in your nation god is getting his expression in the earth through you remember we talked about this at the very beginning at the very beginning the word of the lord was this that god does nothing in the earth without a band and man can do nothing in the earth without god establishing the kingdom of god in earth starts by getting the kingdom of god in the hearts of man so that god has rulership 
on the earth through men. Now, Luke chapter 17 says, where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. Now, you said, man, apostle, you told me all these things. You know how a person can be lukewarm, how they can be indifferent. They're no longer refreshing. They're no longer healing. They become dull of hearing. They're clouding themselves up with so much clutter to the point they choke out the word of God and, and it has no effect. What can a person do about that? I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to share it with you. What did, he what did Jesus tell the, the church at Laodicea? He says, if you will repent, if you will repent, change your mind, change your actions, change your destiny. If you will repent, he says, then oh, you, got to, you will get right back in the right position. Then what do you do? Begin to do the things that you let slip. Begin to no longer be dull of hearing. Begin to study your word. Begin to make a fresh new commitment. You know, starting today, I'm going to start today. I'm going to start today with my new commitment. And I'm going to help you with that right now in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray a prayer of dedication, of consecration, and submission. So I'm going to lead it, and you just repeat after me. Say this after me. So we're going to repent now. We're going to say we're going to say this out of our mouth. We're going to we're going to confess out of our mouth, but we're going to believe and make a decision in our heart that tonight, Lord, you're welcome here. In other words, not if you're already born again. We'll take if you're not born again, we'll take care of that, too. Well, let's do that first. If you've never received Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, you'd like to. I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's as simple as Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me and carried my burdens on Calvary's tree. I believe he was put in a grave, but I believe he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin, Lord. I turn from it and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that I'm saved. I believe that I'm born again. I believe that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe I'm in right favor with God. And I believe right now I am a citizen in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you prayed that prayer and rededicated your life, man, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you back into the right relationship. Welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back in the right position. So what do you do now? you got to get in a good word-based church. We'll teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, what I'm going to do, if you go to the debate, and I believe Ignite Depot is the place for you. We're here every, every Saturday at 5 o'clock, every Saturday at 5 o'clock, um, and we'll preach a, a life-changing message that will ignite life, purpose, and life, purpose, and identity in this generation to ignite change. Now, what I did say I was going to do before uh, uh, before we pray that prayer of salvation. Now, now that you're you're born again, now that you're back in right relationship, now that you said Jesus, you're you're welcome here, and he and you have allowed him to come back into your life. We're gonna pray a prayer of consecration. What are we saying, Lord? I'm surrendering my life to you. So this is a prayer of dedication, consecration, and uh, submission. So I'm going to lead the prayer, and you can follow along with me as in this manner. Say, Father, I pray the prayer of dedication, consecration, and submission in every area of my life. I belong to you. Father, I'll go where you want me to go. 
I'll do what you want me to do. Now my will, not my will, but your will be done. Thank you, Father, that your work in me, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. You have a good plan for my life, a plan of peace and joy. Father, what you want and what you desire is what I want. That is what I desire, not my will, but your will for my life every day. Father, not my own way, not the way of the flesh, but the way of the spirit. Father, your will, your plan, your way. Father, I dedicate my life to you in every area you have a plan for me in every area of my life thank you father for the joy of obedience i will obey you with joy father i want to have the spirit of obedience in my life not rebellion or pride, not resistance, or hard-heartedness, but a soft, sensitive heart that is willing to do anything. I rebuke rebellion and stubbornness in Jesus' name. Father, I say before your presence that I am willing to do anything you want me to do. No matter what man says, no matter what the world says, you have found a willing person. You have, you have found an obedient person. Father, I will do what you say all the way the way you say it no more no less and with joy thank you father for the spirit of faith and the spirit of obedience and father thank you that your will will be fulfilled in my life to your glory in jesus name amen 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 and glory be to god well glory to god let today be your day one of your new beginning and your fresh start what you have said is lord you are welcome here have your way in me today and on behalf of minister juin and the entire Ignite Nation. I want to thank you for joining us tonight, and I want to wish you all the best. And remember, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God bless you. Have a good night. Bye-bye.